Hello and thanks for watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or iTunes to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell. We're on episode 78. If you could leave us a review, that would be great. And even better, if you could visit VIP Boxing on YouTube and subscribe to the channel, that would be even better than a review for um, our um, chief, Steve Wood. Um, you know me, Steve Lillis. With me, as always, John Evans and his haircut that's grown over the last couple of weeks. And uh, it's looking good, John. You're looking a bit like a boy band star now. I had to uncollect a parcel today from a news agent and we had security cameras and I caught myself, there was a camera looking down on me, I caught myself on my TV and I'm going bald, so it's hey, not mate. going that short again. I'm <laughs> going, let me take these old headphones off to stop me sound like a tin. <laughs> Look at that one. Uh, yeah, that's bald, mate. Yeah. That's bald. Anyway, our, our special guest this week is a man who's wearing a hat, but I saw him on the pads on a video of Ant Crawler earlier. He's got no um, hair problems that, that we might have, John, because I'm, I'm conservatively older. It's uh, one of Britain's more, most exciting fighters, um, super featherweight Alex Dilmagani. Alex, thanks for letting us finally get you back on the pod. So I know you're here, there, everywhere. You're a bit of a citizen of the world, Mexico, you know, the South Coast, Manchester. Um, where are you tonight? Manchester. Oh, you're down the road Manchester. tonight. I should have realised that. I should have realised that when I saw you on the pads with Crawler today. Um, yeah. Um, a bit thick of me, but that's me, isn't it? Um, you got yourself a nice points win, didn't you, and Alex? Alex, is it in Denmark in April? Yeah, yeah. Denmark, yeah. Yeah. When are we going to get you out next? Um, I'm hoping ASAP. Uh, I'm, I think it's going to be a big fight at the end of August, early September, um, and maybe a fight, I'm hoping a fight before then in July. Yeah, that's good. Very when you say when you say a big fight, Alex, I know you won't give us any names, but are we talking British opponent? Are we talking someone recognisable in the world? Have you got any idea, or have you just said a big fight? It's going to be a big fight. It's anyone who's uh, who's there, really. Domestically, um, yeah. I, I don't think uh, up to people stepping in there with me. You know, you know, you know what I'm about, John. I'll fight anyone, and um, you know, I've got a record that proves that. Um, good opposition, so yeah, uh, it's, it's all dependent on that. And, yeah. and got no doubt we'll touch on it in one of the topics tonight. But now we're all your management position sorted out, you've got a path, you're coming back into a thriving division here, aren't you? All of a sudden, it's just it's just lifted off, hasn't it, in the last month or so? Yeah, um, it's a great division, uh, and um, you know what, I'm very happy with the team I have around me, you know, great manager, great trainer. And uh, yeah, good people around me. That's the most important thing, especially at this stage of my, you know, uh, of my life. Yeah. What is it? Is it Lee Eaton managing you and Joe Gallagher training you and doing a little bit with oh, Ant no, Crawler? Joe, uh, Ant Crawler. Well, I thought you. I've seen you at Joe's gym before doing bits with Joe oh, as well. Yeah, that, was, that was ages ago. I don't go down there anymore. Um, Ant Crawler. And Lee and my manager. I knew Lee, my football league manager. All right, then that's, that's cleared that up. Yeah, I just so I was just sort of remember they've seen stuff with you at Joe's gym and pictures in there. That's why I weren't sure whether you were in between both because some of them fighters were doing bits with Joe and then yeah. go to Ant, didn't they, when Joe's not about? Yeah, some of them, you know, different different stages of, of their career. Um, but I'm uh, I'm solely at Crawler. When I'm up here, when I'm in Manchester, I'm solely at Crawler's. Brilliant. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll kick on with a podcast, John. And Alex, you've got your uh, clock and your bell ready, John. Oh, to keep ready. Us... 
I'll tell you what, we're going back to you because you like going first, John. You talk <laughs> about round one's over to you. Yeah, uh, let's start off uh, down in Australia at weekend and a big unification fight. Uh, George Campbellson, Devin Haney. Um, George, fantastic, you know, what he did with Tiafimo, sold a stadium there, made $10 million, I believe, with rumours going down and well played, you know, well done, he's earned that. But I was very disappointed with George on, on Saturday. He just looked completely devoid of ideas, didn't know how to change things once they were going wrong. Haney didn't really have to get out of... I don't think he got into second gear, to be honest. He controlled the fight with that jab. Tied Cambosis up close perfectly. Cambosis couldn't fight inside. He couldn't beat him outside. He couldn't get any momentum. And George just looked completely devoid of ideas against a, a, a boxer of that level of ability. We, I, I assume we're going to get a rematch because George, how else is he going to get a shot at a title? You know, instantly, if he wants it, he gets a shot, his belt's back. Uh, I don't see what he can do to change it, to be honest. Um, I know you're going to say, Steve, Haney, the way he dealt with the entire week, yeah. his dad not being there, flying to the other side of the world, you know, he deserves immense credit. Um, it, I feel bad for saying it because the guy's an undisputed champion. I just felt a little bit underwhelmed by watching yeah. it, to be honest. Maybe you it was so one-sided. Really weak, undisputed champion. Listen, don't feel bad about saying it because I feel the exact same way. Kamos yeah. is just getting right. He beat a very weight-drained, weak feeling Tiafimo Lopez, you know? If it was the real Lopez that showed up, he would have knocked out Cambosis, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, but, I'll get um, that. Yeah. It, yeah, well, look, it was more, look, basically, it, it weren't much more than a spa for him, was it? But I still think you've got to, you know, give him some credit, a 23-year-old for what, you know, it was already a, a career-defining fight. He's gone halfway across the world to Australia, with virtually no one. His dad couldn't get in the country for the day before. They wouldn't even let his cuts man in the country. Ben Davison wasn't allowed in Australia. You know, there was plenty of reasons there. There's a lot of fighters in those circumstances who would have ducked out the fight. But he went over there and still had the fight. But, but they but they let in the uh, the hang-on guy, Church. Yeah. <laughs> they let him in. He's, he's an important member. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The bad carrier. They wouldn't let his dad in. But you know what? I think you got to give him some credit for that, John. I think you're in a bad mood tonight, John. No, no, no. I'm in a, I'm in a good mood. And it's another unified champion. It's another clear man in the division. It, and Haney, as obviously, I think for the sport, Haney is going to be in bigger fights. You know, we're going to get Haney Shakur, I hope. Haney Tank. And I think Haney's probably, for one, the sport needs to push it forward into mega fights and stuff. Cambosis will always be in exciting fights. He had his night. And now... I feel bad saying it, but the superstars can move on to the real big fights. But um, do you know what? I think it was probably just Cambosis. I was a little bit let down. I, th I thought it was going to be a ball of energy, put his all into it, but he, the levels just got showed up a little bit there. Okay. Round two, I tell you, what, I think has to happen. Although one would you say argue one was a lot more impressive than the other when they both won on Saturday night. Joe Cordina, Zelfa Barrett. Now. I'm thinking of a promoter here. That these guys need a push by Eddie Hearn. You know, look, you know, there's hard. Neither of them are, are known outside their own towns, unless you're a boxing person. If you're a boxing person, you know the value of Joe Cordina and Zelfa Barrett. But outside of boxing, they're not the names they need to be. Now, I just think it's madness not to put, not to match them 
just before England play, just thinking like a promoter. Imagine matching them the weekend before the World Cup starts when England are going to play Wales or the Saturday before England play Wales in Qatar in the World Cup. You can put it on in Cardiff where it will pack out. And uh, I just think that that's the sort of fight that would, would give them the shove that they need to take a little step closer to becoming mainstream. Yes, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. Last week we said we, I, I thought Zelfa needed to put on a show. Be interested to hear Alex actually, because for rivals, yeah, that's the yeah. rivals. But so I'll get. Quick. I, think, I, think I thought Zelfa needed to put on a show, and he he looked good doing it. Joe obviously he produced an outstanding shot of a career. Yeah. That'll go around the world on Twitter and everything, and that'll give Joe a push. But what did you think, Alex? It's only the shot that impressed me. Um, honestly, he's he's the leader of the pack. Undoubtedly, the, the 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 guy he fought, Agoa, legitimately legitimate champion, legitimate good guy. Um, so Joe Cordina, who he's beat, he deserves uh, immense credit. It was a beautiful shot, as as you said. Um, but yeah, I give a lot of respect to uh, to Cordina doing doing that and dealing with that guy because that guy is a is a good fighter, you know. Um, he beat a guy who I really rated, um, Fuseli, the the the, day, uh, the the fight before. Um, so yeah, he did a he did a great performance, and Fuseli is a fantastic boxer, and he went through him. I uh, dropped him like three times. Um, you know, he he beat Tevin Farmer, but he had this drug thing. Yeah, he was a legitimately good fighter. Um, so yeah, I don't know where Cordina goes from here. Um, there's fights out there, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it does make sense because purely because they're promotional um, yeah. stable mates. And like you said, Stephen, thinking about promoter, you know, Wales, England, you know, little derby or whatever, um, tie it in with the World Cup. Purely for that reason, yeah, I mean, that fight could could go ahead. Um, but who's out about fought last? Yeah, it wasn't a good point. Like compared to compare the opponent, it's a big difference. We'll stand with you. You can carry on talking now, Alex. Round three. You want about the roles of team members and people that come into boxing? Yeah, because um, I was watching. You know, you know me, guys. I watched a lot of boxing back in the day, and you see a lot of the, the trainers. There's the cut man. There's the managers. There's everything. You know, back in the day, you had the trainer, you had the manager, you had possibly a cut man. But now you've got all these different roles. Like you've got nutritionists, you've got a market handler, you've got a hype man in church for Devin Haney. You've got all these different roles. And uh, fighters must be broker and broker because they're giving all these percentages to everyone and their mother, it seems. And um, I just think sometimes too many cooks for a broth. And you saw that with AJ when, um, when he had five or six people talking to him, well, no, like three, four people talking to him in the corner. Um, I think sometimes it should be like back in the day. You got you got a couple of roles, you know, a couple of leaders. Um, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, um, one thing I do think something you just touched on there with AJ with the five voices in a corner. There should only be one voice. 
It annoys me yeah. even when there's an assistant trainer who's close with a trainer talking. That person should just be whispering something to the trainer while the fight's going on. That's what annoys me more than anything. But the, 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 it just seems all these bag carriers have crept into British boxing in the last few years. Um, bag carriers, he's got this job, he's got that job. Where it reminded me when I used to go to Vegas fights in the 90s when every American, even then, would have five, six members of the team. God knows what they were. Half of them didn't look fit enough to walk up, get in a lift, let alone walk up a flight of stairs. And, but it's just spiraled out of control. You know, I don't mind the things, the conditioners and all that. As long as there's that one trainer, that one voice that's heard, that's the big thing for me in all this thing. As you say, the, the voices in AJ's corner and in many other corners was just ridiculous. Yeah, but do you know what I think the bad thing is as well? A lot of the time, it seems like all these voices have got their own little angle and their own little edge they're trying to play to make their role bigger and diminish other people's. There's lots of backbiting and infighting can be caused by having yeah. all these people. Strength, strength and conditioning are doing their thing, but they're just trying to make him look good on the scales and do the weight properly. They're not speaking to the trainer. The parachuting cuts men in at the last minute to do this... I, I just don't like it. I think it should be a, a close, night, tight-knit team. Everyone knows each other, trusts each other. You don't need more than three people if you all know your job, do you, Alex? Tell you when I did see it, when I was covering boxing a lot in the 90s, in the Lewis camp, there was a lot of people with different roles. Um, luckily, Lennox was strong enough. He made the decision and Emmanuel Stewart, but there was a lot of bitching in that camp. The man is the head honcho, though, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely he was, but there were still people all trying to, like, keep themselves on 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 side with, with the people that matters. He, he used to deal them with it though because Tommy Hans had a big entourage. Yeah. But Emmanuel always like the head head man. But anyway, yeah. sorry. John, your second your second topic, unifications. Yeah, yeah. Probably whinge about it a little bit, you know, um so many belts and so many champions. But I was just thinking before while I was walking the dog, if you go from heavyweight right the way down to flyweight. Yeah, I jotted them down. So you've got Fury, unified at heavyweight, the man. Light heavyweight, we've got Bivol and Smith. Canelo has done super middleweight and middleweight. We've got Charlo at middleweight. Spence and Crawford are going to unify Welter. Taylor's unified light Welter. Haney's the man at 135. Super featherweight Shakur's going through at the moment. Featherweight's a mess. Stevie Fulton's done bantamweight. Uh, uh, yeah, bantamweight. Inoue and Donair when this fight goes out, we'll have settled who's the man at Bantam. And it's just, um, I think sneakily, we've had a lot of unifications. Yeah. The divisions are sorting themselves out. And I just wonder if the fighters have slowly realised that, you know, if we want these big paydays, if we want to be big stars, we've got to take on the challenges. And it actually surprised me when I looked through the list of all the divisions of just how many divisions we're close to having a clear number one. And it, it's a what? pleasant surprise. You know what, though? With the, with the whole Haney undisputed champion uh, I was thinking that, about that uh, the other day I actually dispute it he's not number one in lightweight I don't think he is I have Tank over him I have Lomachenko which yeah. everyone seems to have forgotten about stupidly because he lost the fight um, that division is, is fantastic but I don't I don't have Haney number one even though he's I, undisputed champ yeah my money's tight I, I think I You're think Tank's yeah. Haney's got the belts yeah, yeah. So, yep. Same way I didn't think Cambosis was the man when he was undisputed champ. You know, it's it's kind of a yeah, it's it's not a clear clear undisputed on that on that weight division. You know, whether Fury he's 
he is uh, now like 100% undisputed champ at heavyweight. Um, the others, yeah, no, like lightweight, no. Even light heavyweight, like you said, there's there's what a couple, uh, Bevel and there's Peter Bev. Um, yeah, welterweight again, that's up for debate. There's still a lot of fights that are up for debate, and I think it's this whole promoter thing, and yeah, it's a lot of politics still. Getting closer though, getting closer. We're we're getting closer. We're getting close, but you wonder how, when we get there, John, it's like everything. It's almost like the housing market. It goes up, it goes down. <laughs> what worries me, we know when you've got like the IBF and the WBO, how strict they are on mandatories, you just see a time where it will fall again like a deck of cards. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be a sustained thing, is it? You know, all the governing bodies aren't going to work together to um, assign a number, a clear number one challenger across all the things. But... Um, yeah, oh, we're on our way, John. Quite that. So, just going to get you, you guys as well, hear from you both on a da- um, Brian versus Daniel Dubois for uh, the WBA regular, basically the interim title. Anyway, but forget forget the title. I think how Dubois performs in Miami on Saturday night is more important than the belt. It's his second chance. He should be shown. He gets. He's got a chance to show that he should be considered one of the divisions top operators when he fights Brian. And I think he's really got to perform. I mean, it's a very winnable fight for him. But what does worry me, he's in since he lost to Joyce, he's had just five minutes and 41 seconds of action in two fights since that was November 2020. I'm pretty sure I'm right there. Um, and the same time, Brian's had 11 rounds against Bermain Stavern, that 12-round split decision against Jonathan Goodry. In, in January, and I just think if Daniel fails to perform this weekend, or God forbid loses, his, he will be so far down the line for a 24-year-old. It could be something that takes him three, four years to get anywhere near there again. Yeah, I'm the one person to ask, to be fair, because I've never seen his, uh, never seen his Brian fight. Um, and I was kind of unaware that Brian was fighting this Saturday. I thought it was uh, in a few weeks' time, but I think I think it all depends on Dubois' mentality. Yeah, yeah, um, all depends because uh, you know, like you say, you know, um, if he loses and it gets down to him, it de- it depends if he learns or whatever. But I've never I've never seen his opponent fight. Uh, I, I did I did read something about Don King. It will be there, or whatever. I didn't know he was still going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think Dubois, I think Dubois, it's it's all written. For him to win, you know, going over there, I, I don't think Frank Warren would have risked him. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think it's all set up for Daniel. I spoke to him actually last week out in Miami, and he, he said his plan is. Yes, I said we don't know how good that Trevor Bryant is, is he? And he said, well, my plan is to find out as quickly as I possibly yeah. can. So you're not going to get Daniel Dubois boxing his way in. He's going to storm out and look to put it on Brian from the opening bell. Let's see what happens. I, I yeah. think uh, when he fought Joyce, he got carried drawn into a boxing match, didn't he? Maybe Daniel's career is going to be best served by getting in and getting the damage done early. But that's exactly what he's planning this oh, week. He hasn't been in the ring for a long time. You've got to watch them first couple of rounds. Yeah. That's that's when the rust will be most evident. He wants yeah. to get that first few rounds in. You know, and and to be fair, Joe Joyce is a totally different stratosphere to a lot of heavyweights. He's, yeah. he's athletic, he's awkward, and he's got a really, really good offbeat jab. That's what a lot of people don't uh, 
don't see with Joyce. They see like almost like a mummy type style, but he's very smart. A lot of method behind the madness type thing. Very, very good offbeat jab. And we're on... Right. Round six, our final round. This one will get people in Twitter involved in as well this week. They can tell us how... Alex, you want to talk about our all-time favourite fighters who we've enjoyed watching? Yeah, do you know what? I was thinking um, there's a difference between most entertaining fighters and most entertaining styles because I love watching Dwight, Dwight Muhammad Kwari. I love yeah. watching Orlando Canizales. I love watching um, Prince Naz. I love watching Emmanuel Gustas. You know, all these different nice, Iron Mike Tyson, all these different nice styles. Or Julio Cesar Chavez. But then there's entertaining fighters like Osoa Gatti, there's uh, Diego Corrales, Matthew Saeed Mohammed. There's guys that are in back-to-back, like, barnstormers. And, uh, yeah, that's some of my favourite fighters to watch. Uh, what about yours? Yeah, you know what? You said Matthew Saeed Mohammed, one of my early boxing moves. My dad first took me boxing when I was 12, but one of my earliest boxing moves was the mid-70s, 76, 77, when Saab Mohammed fought, was it Conte, wasn't it? He? Yeah. 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 That and, you know, the, oh, oh. you know, incredible fight. That's one of my first memories. Remember that fight so well, man. Another, the... another one I forgot to mention, Bobby Chacon. Wow, oh, yeah, fight. yeah. Wow. Oh, he's fight with Bozer Edwards. Wow, with him and Bozer. Yeah, Lamont. Yeah, they're little. Yeah, whoa. I tell you, what, oh, I loved Evander Holyfield. I just love watching. But yeah, I was, well, I, when you fight, amazing. Yeah, when you started saying um, excited as our favourite fighters to watch, I went through domestic boxers who were world champions, and I think John might guess who I'm going to say here. I guess um, it in five seconds. Yeah, yeah, and it's oh, Carl oh, Thompson. Thompson. Carl Thompson, uh, yeah. he's the most exciting British fighter of the last 35 to 40 years. I'll argue that all day long with people. He might, you know, yeah, yeah, hay fights, Sebastian Rothman, the one against when he got done in the fourth round at Wivenshaw. Oh, and the Ezra, name... Um, Ezra Sellers. Yeah, Ezra Sellers. Oh, my gosh. He is, the, uh, you know, he didn't have the publicity of Nigel Benn and these guys, but I'm telling you, and I love Nigel Benn, Carl Thompson is the most exciting British fighter of the last 42 years. And but 35-40 years. I even saying 42 years on Friday. I just get I just get excited talking about the cat. Nigel Ben deserves a shout. What an era that was. Yeah. My, mine is that, that Joe McClendon fight, Iran Barkley. I know we're on last round or something. But just Sunday, remember that fight? I think it was a Sunday afternoon fight in Vegas and Ben and Bartley just collided. Mad. Go on, John. Logan was good too. Logan. I was there at the Albert Hall that night when Nigel just swung that right hand from his ankle and done Anthony Logan. I was there that night. I was sort of behind the knock, behind the the, the punch that did it, just up in the bleachers there. Oh, wow. Right, go on. My my three, you... I'll, I'll go for the ones I like to watch. So not yeah. just people who we stick on to watch a war. Otherwise, I'd watch Humberto Gonzalez against Carvajal and stuff like that. But I've, I've got three. Chocolatito Gonzalez. I, I, he's just stunning to watch. He's incredible. Yeah. Roy Jones Jr. was my first one. The one I, I wore out VH tapes, VHS tapes watching Roy Jones. But Duran's my number one. And I love Duran from the days when he was the greatest lightweight who ever lived and he was ripping people apart. I love him when he went to welterweight and just beat up Ray Leonard. 
I love him at light middleweight when he beat up Davey Moore. I love him at middle when he did a job on Barkley. I love yeah. every version of Roberto Duran. I think there's something for everybody. And if you want to watch a, a master at work, it's a fight that never gets talked about much. But if you watch Duran against Palomino, the difference... That, that is the best, that is the so best vast. inside. Inside yeah. boxing, that's the best. Master and, the, and Alex, it's so good because the difference in speed is so great. You can see everything Duran's doing as clear as day. And if you want to see how good Duran was, Duran Palomino was the fight to watch. Palomino as well, though, he looked, he did a lot of really, really good things. It was just yeah. like, yeah, it was just pure, beautiful to watch the way they both watched in the inside. It was almost like choreographed. You know? think, and Palomino was brought to Britain to lose to John Stracy. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Mad. John, I think we've overrun our three minutes there, haven't we, on that topic? Yeah, we've gone over on that we topic. We've got a bit passionate there, but you know what? Alex Dill-Magani, thank you very much for coming on again. Hopefully well, we can get, get you again in a free, in a few months. You've always got something to say, and that's what this is about, a boxer has something to say, even if he thinks John and myself are talking rubbish, and that's what we want to yeah, hear. Never. You know? <laughs> but it's great having you on, Alex. Great having you on, John, as always. Well, We'll, we'll speak again next week, John. And uh, thanks, everyone, who's tuned in. Thanks for watching VRP Boxing's Bell to Bell. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.